get the glory. Yeah, that's why I do it. You took me a little time, but I guess you always knew it that I would come back. Prodigal son, now I'm on this journey for souls until that battle's won. Will I win every soul? Nah, but I die trying. Cause I'm sick of my community suffering and mama's crying. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So there's nothing that my God can't change, including me. Yo, I live by his word and nothing else. Cause this word is so sufficient, it can stand on my step. See the truth will set you free. To the Preacher's Corner. Brought to you by In-House Productions with your host Pastor JT and Lady Fanita. You can listen to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify and Amazon Music. This is our In-House Production. This is our In-House Production. in the building back in the building had a few technical difficulties man the hater is a liar the hater is a liar yeah 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 we're back in the building listen episode 70 is it's it's due for a good one it's due for a good one anytime you got some good in store for uh yeah, it'd be some turbulence. It'll be some turbulence, man. So we ain't tripping. We ain't tripping. We ain't tripping. We need ah, 13. 13 subscribers for episode 70. 
episode 70 we're back in the building lady may Barry mike is off and is back on now so she <laughs> ought to be able to say something i'm in the building Hello, say something say something say something building. we're gonna make sure everything is straight before we say everything that we said all over again <laughs> for the simple fact that we are recording for the podcast hey uh episode 70 Yep. Road to 100, 13 subscribers away from 100 on this YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to check out the website, here it is again www.thepreacherscorner.net. There you'll be able to find all that, that you need to know about the thing that you need to know about the things that you need to know. You'll be able to find yourself a hoodie, a coffee mug, or something cute with a FRM Ministries or something like that on there. But there you'll be able to find all of the information that, if you wanted to, you be some sponsorships all that good stuff it's right there on the website did i do all right man i feel like i did all right man because i did this about 15 minutes ago and I, I believe i did it pretty perfect 15 minutes ago and i really didn't feel like doing all that again so man you had to go back and look at the other take hey it is what it is, it is, what it is. but simply for the hater that tried to interrupt our flow. We got good news for the hater. Listen closely, hater. Uh, listen very closely. You listening? 479 downloads in the last 30 days. 479. 479. We're currently sitting at 2385 listeners. 2385. Hey, maybe let us know where all these folks at, man. That's listening. All right. They're coming from Islamabad, Pakistan. What? Sapporo, Japan. Kanoa, Japan. Johannesburg, South Africa. Mumbai, India. Trinidad and Tobago, Port of Spain. Garafe do Norte, Brazil, Asasco, Brazil, Jundai, Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Juneville, Brazil, Itaja, Brazil, Colombo, Brazil, Porto Alegre, Brazil, Urini, Brazil, Jundalu, Western Australia, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, Lagos, Nigeria, Berlin, Germany, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt, and Cologne, Germany, London, England, Mitten Keys, England, Dublin, Ireland, Singapore, Malaysia, Moscow, Russia, and Madrid, Spain. They're in the building. Yeah. Rocky Mountain House. Rocky Mountain House, Canada, Montreal, Canada, Norwalk, Connecticut, Peterson. New Jersey, Ashburn, yep. Virginia, North Olmstead, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Lakewood, East Point, Brunswick, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, Griffin, Georgia, Covington, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, Wichita, Kansas, <laughs> Burlington, Iowa, Boise, Idaho, Hadman, Illinois, Chicago, 
Illinois, Schumburg. I'm going back to Indiana, Indiana, yeah. I already went, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. Gary, Indiana is in the house. Indianapolis is in the house. Bellevue, Orlando, Palm Beach, Miami, Edmond, Oklahoma, Memphis, Tennessee, Westminster, Maryland, Norman, Oklahoma, Moore, Oklahoma, Albuquerque, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. is Brooklyn in the house. Brooklyn is in the building. Waldorf, Virginia, Las Vegas, Nevada, North Texas, because there's way too many cities in Texas up in the north to uh, mention University of Texas. Wow, one of my favorite colleges is in the whole wide world. Lady Maybeer, let them know what it is, what it is. EVU. <laughs> University is in the building. We got listeners walking in on the yard. That's right. Los Angeles, California. Chico, Clovis, Merced, Sacramento, San Jose, Oakland, Fresno, and Kent, Washington. Man, yeah. shout out to all of the family in the shy in the windy city shout out shout out to my windy city family yeah 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 what it do what it do what it do man that we done with all that that's all i threw the paper over there somewhere <laughs> I, I got rid I of i want to shout out those that are watching right now shout out to you for tuning in yeah. if you haven't had an opportunity to hit it go ahead smash that like button smash i know you did it on the other video but it i don't know what happened to it man but hey smash this one and uh subscribe if you haven't had an opportunity to subscribe man we got a good one we got a good one yeah, we got a good one. I think we got a good one, man. We got a good one. No, I'm how it work, man. Yeah. But, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. We, yeah. Just like we sat on that runway for about an hour leaving Texas. Didn't know what they expect. We knew something good was, but hey, sometimes you got to wait. Got to wait. Sometimes you got to wait. We got a good one. Let us know. What this episode is about, lady. Give us a rundown. So what we've we'll been last... talking about, just in case there's been somebody that ain't been on here, uh, let us know what we've been doing here the past few weeks here on the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor JT. This is Lady Fanita. Yeah, that's who she is. That's who she is. So this is day seven of relationship goals. This has been so good to me. Um, this will help whether you're single, whether you're dating, if you're married, uh, it doesn't matter. Engaged, this will help. So this has been so exciting. Um, tonight we're talking about the progression of relationship and the myth of dating so i'm excited about tonight's episode i hope that you are ready i hope that you are taking notes you got your notepad ready for those that are single available dating engaged or married i hope you got your notes ready 
Well, that's good. That's good. While you were talking, I had an opportunity to play with your microphone. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She sound much better. Much, <laughs> much better. Appreciate you for stalling for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great job. Great job. So without further ado, man, this is episode uh, 70. Mm-hmm. But number seven of the relationship goals. Number seven of the relationship goal, man. I pray that you'll be blessed. How we do this here is, uh, you know what? I forgot to include the copyright. Thank you. But I believe it's in the description. Uh, the Fair Use Act. Uh, we're practicing our fair use act. I forgot to put all the stuff on here, man. But it's not on this one, but it will be. How about that? We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. But let's roll. morning because i believe god has given me a word get out your phones get out your bibles and we're gonna go right into god's word um we are in week three of an eight-week series that we are calling relationship goals and um this series is really starting to uncover and help a lot of people um a, a lot of us need help in our relationships And it's one of those things that we don't really talk about in church because it's one of those things that we feel should automatically be impacted by the relationship we have with Jesus. And so we don't talk about specifics like if I just get better, all my relationships will get better. And that is true. But sometimes you need some specificity with what we're talking about. Like sometimes I need to know what does God's word say about certain things and certain issues and certain people and certain problems. And we've just decided to tackle something that everybody deals with, but there's not a lot of clarity on. And um, today I want to go down this journey. Um, But before I do that, I want to see who's in the room, okay? So I need everybody to help me right now. Even those who are watching online, I need you to help me with this, okay? So if I say uh, um, something that um, agrees with your demographic currently in life, I want you to make some noise, okay? So I need all the people in the room to make some noise if you are single and available in the room. You better clap, girl. You better clap. She said, woo! Now I need everybody to open your eyes. Open your eyes. Look down the road. Okay? Okay, so so we got our single and available people in the room. Okay, how many people are dating or engaged right now? Dating or engaged? They still making decisions. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) Okay, how many people in the room are married? Yeah! Some of the single people are so mad right now. Calm down. We're excited. Um, so 
now that I know who's in the room, um, I was thinking about the subject I was going to talk about today, and I went back to my childhood, and I want to see if we may have had similar childhoods, okay? So there was this song that used to be sung, like, on playgrounds and with other children, and it went something like this. It was like, uh, Michael and Natalie sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S, and then, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so, so, um, so we had similar childhoods, okay? So this is what I was thinking, and this may be an overstatement. This might be an overstatement. But I was thinking about our relational journeys, and that might be, that, that, that phrase, that, that saying might have been the first time there was an explanation of relational progression in any of our lives. Think about it. People say, psychologists say that from the age of birth to five, you learn the most that you will ever learn cognitively about how you're gonna live your life. And most parents aren't sitting down with three and four year olds saying this is how relationships should go. This is, these are the progressions. So our first real explanation is first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. And when I look at that, if that's what's programmed deep down in our minds and our hearts about relationship progression, it's a very vague and incomplete statement. Love, marriage, baby. I don't know how that works in your life, but I haven't walked up to many people and just loved them. Enough to say, can we get married? And then enough to have a baby with you. And because we live in a fallen world and our society is backwards and perverse, that sure is not the progression in everybody's life. Sometimes it's baby first. Then because we had a baby, might as well marry you. And since we married, Lord, could you please help me to love her? Or sometimes it's love, and then there's a baby, and we're not really too sure about how we can trust each other, so maybe we'll get married. And just think about all the different scenarios. And so I said, God, why is that so incomplete? He said, Michael, I want you to help define a progression of relationship so that people can understand and know and reprogram, be transformed by the renewing of their mind, that there is a God way of progressing in relationship that has more parts than just love, marriage, baby. And I want to give that to you today. So this is what I think the relationship progression should look like, okay? The, the first one should be singleness. And I know that's not a popular one, but if you've never heard a message taught about singleness, you need to go back and listen to last week's message. Okay, singleness is probably the most important time of your life because it's the time where God gets to reveal to you who you are. You become self-aware. You find purpose. You get identity. And Matthew tells us that we're supposed to love God, love ourselves. And then out of that love relationship, we can accurately love others. But most of us are trying to figure out how to love others before we learn how to love ourselves. So we're always looking to them to, incomplete, to make complete our deficiencies because we never learn to be okay with us. And so I'm encouraging you 
to go back if you have not and listen to last week's message. Me and my wife were listening to it again yesterday because I listened back like game film. How can I get better? How can I keep going? And I was listening about 25 minutes again. I said, that is good. And not because I was preaching it. We were literally getting ministered to because God speaks through me. I'm just a vessel up here on Sunday mornings. Half of the stuff, I don't know what I'm saying. I just go back to my notes and I look back and I'm like, God, you said that through me. Thank you. And so this is a relationship of trying to get something to you. But as I was watching back, I said, man, if people would know what God wanted to do in their lives without a person and just with them and to be content and okay in that season, They would be ready for marriage. The statistics say that 50% of all marriages end in divorce. The staggering thing about that is the, the figure for Christian marriages are almost the same. So why? If we got God and the Holy Spirit and songs and worship and accountability, why is it ending up the same? I suggest to you it may not be a relationship problem. It may be a singleness problem. And God wants to deal with our singleness. So go back and watch that. So first, it should be singleness. Then it should be what I'm going to talk about today, intentional dating. Everybody say intentional. Intentional. Now, this is something that is not really talked about, but I believe this is the next progression, and I'll talk about it in a minute. Intentional dating. And then there should be an engagement, the the period of time where we are committed and planning towards our wedding or the time that we're going to um, make this thing consummated before God in um, holy matrimony. And then after engagement, there should be marriage, okay? And after marriage, there should be love. Now, Pastor Michael, why would you say love after marriage? I need to know that I love them before marriage. Have you read 1 Corinthians 13? Because the type of stuff you have to do to really love somebody, I don't know if you can truly do that in a full manner without sacrificing and giving up a lot for that person. I truly believe that you can like somebody a whole, 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 whole bunch. But until you have to give to that person like Christ gave for the church, lay down his life and sacrifice him until she eat off your plate. And ain't nothing else open for you to get to eat that night? And until the, the, you're in a position where they're sick and you got to take care of them but still do your job and be like, there's certain things you don't learn until you get in the covenant. Let me prove it to you. How much did you love God before you accepted him as Christ? Most of us didn't learn to love God until after we got in covenant with him. And once we got in covenant with him, then we started to progress on our relationship of walking in love with him. So I just suggest to you that the love really gets solidified, identified, and really becomes real after you get married. Some of y'all are like, dang it. I told my wife, I said, after studying the word of God, you know how people be talking about they were in puppy love and all that other stuff. We wasn't in puppy love. We was just in heat. (laughs) See, what happens is this generation, we confuse passion with love. You just think because you're passionate about something, it's love. No, 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 baby. That's another L word of four letters, but it's called lust. We're, we're, We're engaged in what 
we see and what we feel and what we hear in the moment. But God wants to reveal to us love for him first and then love for another person. So that's the next progression. And then out of our love, we should reproduce. We, we should reproduce, hear me again, out of our love, not out of our dysfunction. I counsel a lot of people who have babies because the person they're in relationship with won't pay attention to them. So they have a baby with that person so that they can give their full attention to somebody who needs them. I want you to see how sick and twisted that is in its seed form. Not that you're a bad person, but that child can never fulfill the void. That you have placed in that person. And so what happens is many times people stay together because it's a business arrangement. They stay together because we got kids. We got to be together. But let me help you. Your kids only can drink from the well that is in that house. And you think because you're not arguing in front of them. They feel it. They see it. They hear it. It's the atmosphere that is in their house. And then you're mad when they reproduce after their own kind. Somebody in your family has to stand up and break the generational curses. I think there's some people in this room this morning that are saying when it comes to relationship, it's not going to end the same way because I'm going to invite God into my relationships. And then I put this last point, repeat. Because I really feel like some people think that if they just get through this process, that it's good. I, I, I worked on my singleness. Now I'm intentionally dating. I got engaged. We got married. We love each other. We got children. And that's it. That's why the divorce rate for people over 45 has increased in the past 25 years. Because their project is gone. The thing we had in common to work on, our children, are gone. So now when I come home, I'm not asking for homework. I'm not asking. I'm not getting them new J's. I'm not asking where's cheerleading practice. I got to look at you. We got to talk. We can go to the movies all day, every day. But I don't want to because I don't know you because I haven't I haven't kept perfecting myself. And so the greatest thing that you can do in relationship progression is repeat this cycle again. Put it back up there. After you get through this whole thing, you never need to stop being single in your relationship. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? I'm talking about what's the last thing you did to perfect yourself? What, what, what's the last thing you did to add to the marriage? Did you go back and take a finance course so y'all money can be like plat, 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 plat? Did you, did you figure out another language so when you go to France, you can be able to see if they're serving you good food or not? Did you add anything to the relationship? Many people stop perfecting who God's created them to be because they joined with somebody else. And, and, and I'm, all I'm saying to you is once we move this, God says, I want to keep. I had a plan for you before you were formed in your mother's womb to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and give you a few. I want you to keep working on your singleness. And then if your marriage is going to last and be vibrant and have passion, I want you to keep intentionally dating. Yes. When's the last time you took your wife, your husband out on a date? Come on now. Me and my wife have to plan that stuff. Yesterday, I told her, I said, baby. I want to go out with you next Friday, and I want you to get sexy. You know how you just... She said, babe, I'm eight months pregnant. I said, you better drape something over that stomach, girl. You better drape something over that. 
And she know what that means to me and I know what that means to her. Why? Because we're going to intentionally date. We're going to make time. And what that does is that keeps it fresh. Don't just be with your mate chilling in the bed, watching movies. What happened to the pursuit? What happened to the thing that you, when, when you couldn't have her, you was chasing her. But now you're hearing like, hey, hey. And, and that's what we have to do. So keep going through the process. And, and I just want you to keep going on. You should be having engagements. Married people hear me what I'm saying. You should have engagements. Engagements. There are more saved people who have horrible relational lives and sexual relationships. And that's not God's intention. The only reason he said that you're supposed to abstain from that stuff in a marriage relationship is when y'all fasting and praying and both of y'all agree. Y'all not ready. So if one party's like, I didn't feel God say that, I didn't. <laughs> Y'all better hear the word. And, 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 and a couple weeks from now, I'm going to do a whole message on the power of sex. And, and I don't want parents to get scared. I shouldn't bring my children on. They already know. Yes. Baby, if they are in the third grade, they already know what's going on. But wouldn't it be better if they got a biblical standpoint instead of a worldview from social media and e-news and, okay. So I'm encouraging every parent, get your kids here, okay? Because you need to, I didn't learn the stuff I learned about sex from my parents or a, a spiritual being. I learned it in sixth grade in the locker room. And it distorted my worldview for almost 15 years. And my parents who love God and are pastors and have worshiped had no idea what was being infiltrated into my life. Hear me when I say that it's time for the church to stand up and help people get the tools that they need to live. Not just exist. Oh, y'all can clap better than that. Because some of the brokenness that you've been dealing with is because nobody told you the right way to do it. And so we got to keep doing these things. And so today... I'm going to take the time to talk about dating. And I know some of you are like, dating, man, I'm past that stage. I, I've, I'm married. I'm, I'm in this. But, but this is what I want to help you understand, that because this is not talked about, many people don't know how to talk about it. And so when your children, your grandchildren, you or anybody gets into this realm, we just kind of leave it alone. And, and we're one of those things that we, we say stuff like, I wouldn't have picked them. You didn't teach them how to pick. Like... Like, you know how people, I don't know who the, pit, the fruit picker in your house is, but you know there's somebody in your house that knows how to go to the produce section and they knocking on stuff and shaking stuff. And, woo, woo, and they can tell if, if I'm not the fruit picker in my house. But I've learned if you get around the person who can pick fruit well, they will teach you how to pick fruit. Most people, when it comes to relationships, were not taught how to pick fruit. And so we get into things and, and, and we're frustrated, like, I just can't really, I raised them out of the night. And they just bring him in here and just, and look at him. Look at him. Like, and they're, but no, no matter how educated they are, no matter how much you taught them about God, you didn't teach them how to pick fruit. And so today I want to help us learn how to pick fruit. Okay, so um, this is what we're going to do. Hosea 
chapter 4, verse 6, the children of Israel were in a place where they were just disobeying God. God had literally parted the Red Sea for them. He had done so many amazing things for them, providing manna for them, and they just kept making up their own idols and going their own way and doing their own thing. And then this is what the word of God comes in Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for the lack of what? Knowledge. They don't know. And I'm just trying to help us know some things so that we can be able to see clearly what the message version says. I love it. It says, my people are ruined because they don't know what's right and they don't know what's true. So the title of today's message is the myth of dating, the myth of dating. And I'm going to try to dispel a few myths that we may have about dating and see what God says about these things. The first myth I want you to write down is that dating is biblical. That's a myth. Dating is not biblical. Some of you are like, okay, pastor. <laughs> then why are we talking about it? Because it's a real issue in our society, in our culture. The Bible is very um, selective and specific on what it talks about in relationship. And it's pretty silent when it comes to this thing called dating or courtship. And so this furthers our problem of not knowing how to get into relationship because we're supposed to consult the word of God on certain things. But what scripture do I go to to see what I'm supposed to do? And so then we just try to get to marriage. And then I know what it says about marriage because there's a lot of stuff about marriage. But dang, I picked wrong. So I'm trying to make this thing work with the wrong ingredients. And this cake is nasty. <laughs> Even though it's not very specific on the topic of dating, the Bible is very clear on what type of company we should keep, on the boundaries we should set in relationship, and the character of the people that would be life partners with us. And so we're going to pull some different things together and draw some context clues and see what type of person we should be dating. But the reason I want to say this is because I really feel like I could have left this point out and just gone on, but I'm tired of the church not knowing what it's talking about. Like people, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 6 and 18 about, no, it doesn't say that about dating. And we need to be able to know that as we communicate with people what the word of God says. Let me just give you a little bit of history. Dating and courtship, those are um, um, ideas that were man-made that were made about 200 years ago, okay? And it was a way to get people in relationship, a single man and a single woman trying to find out if they were compatible so they could get in, go further in their relationship in marriage. Courtship, because some people are like, no, -uh, dating is bad. Courtship is what, it, they're both man-made. I want everybody to hear me say this. And so whatever you decide to do, okay, that's good with you. But you got to put God in the middle of it. See, because courtship was usually done with the parents being right there at every moment. So literally, you wouldn't kiss, you wouldn't touch, you wouldn't hold hands, you wouldn't hug. And every time you meet, both sets of parents would be there right with you, just staring. <laughs> How much intimacy do you think that you can develop with mommy and daddy sitting there all the time? So a lot of those marriages didn't work. There was a whole bunch of these things that happened. But I do believe that if we put God in the middle of this situation, we can find out what the word of God says. So the first myth is that dating is biblical. It's not biblical, but we can draw context clues from what God is trying to say. The second myth, dating is wrong. Dating's not wrong if God is in the middle. 
And I want everybody to hear me, that is a huge caveat. Dating is not wrong if God is in the middle. And many of us try to do things without God and we ask for his blessing and his results. God bless this relationship that is horrible from the beginning and is totally jacking up my purpose. Just bless it, God. Okay, let's be honest. How many people have prayed a backwards prayer before? Like you knew you was doing wrong, but you was just asking God to just come on in and, and just soup that. All I'm saying to you is when you put God in the middle of something, everything changes because everything surrounds God. We're not asking God to come and surround it. Get the picture. When God is in the middle, everything surrounds God. Not us doing something and asking God to surround it. So whatever you do, you need to put God in the middle. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1031 that talks about this. And and, and I, I honestly had this thought. Dating is like the second job interview. You know, like for a real good job, like a good high paying job, you don't get one interview. You may have one, two, three, even four interview. Like if it's a really good job, high responsibility, all that, you might have a, listen, dating is a second interview. There's some things I should know about you in our first interview. Can I stand your smell? Like we let people get into this next level of us being exclusive to try to get to know each other and they didn't even pass the first level of the test. Do do we even believe the same things? Ah. See, we let people into this space where then it becomes serious and we're Facebook official and everybody knows and they weren't even supposed to make it past the first interview. They weren't even supposed to get to meet the other people in my life. See, and I want you to know the difference because some church people are really bound and locked up. It's okay to go on a date because a date is an event. A date is not a commitment. And some of y'all need to stop acting like dates are commit. Oh my God, I just went on a date with Bobby and Bobby and just me and him and we're taking pictures. And it was a, it was an event. It happened. It was over. You should assess it. You should see if there's any qualifications that were on the list of my priorities and visions that will allow this person to see me again or even get a second interview. See, the thing about good jobs is they know what they're looking for. And if you come to the first interview sagging your pants, your hair not cut, you can't talk, all this other stuff, they're not going to call you back. But because we're lonely, we give people who are underqualified second interviews. Okay. Okay. Because there's a shortage in our company. We let unqualified people fill positions that they don't have the ability to fill. And what do they end up doing? Damaging the company. They cost us more than they're worth. So, so dating is not wrong if God is in the middle. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whatever you do, whether you eat, you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So when you date, your dating relationship should be done for the glory of God. How you date should bring glory to God. 
let me help you ask some questions to yourself. These are, these are some good questions. Is who I'm dating bringing glory to God? How they live, how they talk, what they listen to, is it bringing glory to God? Well, they smart and they got a good job and, and, and they find and they got their issues, but I'm going to bypass that because God has shown me to be a cultivator and to be the one that helps people become and not the man that's supposed to lead you. He's supposed to cultivate you. If she had whole tendencies that attracted you to her. Do you think that turned off without a life transformation when she got with you? You like that she wears the leggings, she like that she wears the leggings, and they like that she wear the leggings. I'm just trying to come to your house to let you know that, that until you get to the place where you understand that who I'm talking to should be living their life to glorify God, you're starting off with some wrong ingredients. Another question you could ask yourself is how we are dating bringing God glory. Am I in the back of a car in a parking lot somewhere? Come on. Y'all already know I've been outside of somebody's window at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, got class at 6 a.m. out there trying to, are you, are you up? I'm in the wrong. And if somebody saw me or caught me, would my witness be destroyed? Would I be able to say anything about my relationship with Jesus if they saw my text messages? I'm just trying to give you a formula to be able to see if this relationship is good for you or not. Myth three, dating is a destination. It surprises me how many people date for long periods of time. Like, this is where we at. <laughs> How long y'all been dating? 15 years. <laughs> what did you just say to me? There is a kid in puberty as long as you've been dating? What are you talking about? And, and so the thing you have to start asking yourself is why? Why haven't we taken that step into covenant? Why haven't we moved past where we've been into commitment? What is those things that, is it because we're not living our life godly? Is there because we have reserves? Is it because I really know who you are and I love you and we've had kids together and we've built relationship, but I trust you enough to be with you? I don't trust you enough to trust you. I mean, this is real life. Like, as long as we, right here, we can do this, but I'll never let you get close enough because I know who you really are. That means you're not supposed to be with them. It doesn't matter how long y'all been together. You are delaying what God would have for you. I was in the airport the other day with my friend Charles, and, and we, we got off of a plane, and we had to catch a connecting plane. And, and this is what we had to do. We had come from a place, landed, and we were trying to get to another place that would take us to the level we wanted to go. But because... We were in one spot. We had to take transportation to the other spot. Now, now, let me give you a definition the Holy Spirit gave me about dating. He said, dating is transportation to a relational target. 
it's the, it's supposed to be the vehicle. This dating thing is not supposed to be the place where we stay. It's supposed to be the place that takes us to marriage. It's the thing that's supposed to take us to covenant. Okay. So we were on the plane. We got off one plane and we wanted to get up to another level. But what we had to do was ride what they call a tram. And we rode the tram from terminal A to terminal C. And once we got on the tram, it was our transportation to where we really wanted to be the intended target. And it's beautiful thing to understand because they don't want you to stay on the tram how do you know pastor mike they don't put a lot of seats there they put enough there for you to hang on so you can get to the destination and when you date too long you are now putting yourself in a position to sit down in a place that was supposed to just be transportation and, and I want you to see this so clearly that when you do that, it will be uncomfortable because you were never meant to stay there. God wants you to get to the intent or get off. See, we was at terminal A, but between terminal A and terminal C was terminal what? Get off. If you realize that riding this dating train, I'm, I'm going the wrong way. I actually need to be at this terminal and I'm at this terminal and I need, you know what? This is not for me. I, I'll walk. I don't need to be surrounded in this company. I'll get off and I'll walk. Why? Because taking the long route sometimes builds stamina in you that will produce what you really need. You may not find who you're supposed to be with riding this dating train. It's when you get off the thing and start walking and you say, hey. All I'm trying to say to you is dating is not supposed to be a destination. It's supposed to be transportation to where you really want to go. And some of you need to hear me say this. Recreational dating is dangerous. Like, I just date him, and I just date him, and then, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. When, when somebody introduced somebody to you, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, we, we used to date. Oh, y'all don't, okay, they don't say that. We hooked up. We were just friends. Somebody just said that just devastated friends. I done said that so many times. <laughs> but just think about all these code words that we use, friend, friends with benefits. And what ends up happening in this situation is we get damaged because we were not supposed to be in this place sitting. We were supposed to be transporting. But you know if he or she doesn't want to get with you and there's no plans. If you have to keep asking, well, what do you see in our future? And there is a vague, blurry image of like, yeah, one day we might. You know what? That day has come. Because I have too much purpose in me. To sit here and be in a relationship that has no aim. Ain't the series called Relationship? You can't have a goal if you don't have an aim. And some of us just over here shooting at everything. And God said, no, 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 no. Pull it back. Wait. Wait. God, I'm ready to shoot. Wait. Turn to the left. Down just a little bit. Boop. There it is. And God will allow you to get in right relationship with right people. So what do you want us to do, Pastor Mike? You done told us everything, day to name. I want you to do this. 
I want you to be focused on intentional dating. I want everybody to write that down. Even if you're married, even if, I want you to write that down. Intentional dating. What does that mean? I'm dating with purpose. I'm dating with the end in mind. Pastor Mike, what are you saying? If you can't remotely see yourself after going on a couple of events with your dates with this person, you cannot see yourself being led or you cannot see yourself being connected with this person and you can't see yourself marrying them, you do not need to be in relationship with them to figure out and see if it can work. And the problem is, it's how God made us. Women, naturally you are created to nurture. If you give a woman a seed, she's gonna give you a baby. Like they're incubator. They will take something in a state that it is not and they will grow it to what it's supposed to be. You give a woman a bag of groceries, guess what she gives you? Dinner. You give her a house, she gives you a home. That's what a woman, but the problem is you were created out of man and God created him first. So you can never be the person to cultivate him. God asked man to cultivate the woman. And what's happening in society is we have a bunch of passive men who want somebody to take care of them, that want somebody to cook and clean and do all these other things, but you have not done your priority by leading the household. And the only way you can lead the household is be in communion with God daily. And if you're not walk, Adam walked and talked in the cool of the day. Every, him and God had a connected relationship. And without that, you don't know how to lead the woman of God that he's created you to lead. And so what I'm saying to you is everything that I'm talking about in this whole thing has to be intentional. Just everybody say it, intentional. Okay. Last myth. Dating is harmless. That is a horrible myth. Dating can be devastating if it's done in the wrong timing and without God. I just think about it. How many relationships that people have got in where they have literally invested and sown so much time, energy, and effort into something that would only take from them? Many of us are products of that sitting in this room. But look what Proverbs 14, 12 says. It says, there's a path before each person that seems right. Like that relationship seemed right when I got in it. That, that person seemed right. But he said, it ends in death. Another translation says destruction. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? There can be a death to purpose because you got in relationship with the wrong person. Open up your heart to the wrong person and let them discourage your dream. You used to be passionate about something and you got with the wrong person and it started to crush what God placed on the inside of you. You have to be careful of who you align your heart, your soul, and your mind with because it can damage your purpose. Some of you are supposed to be doing things that you were created to do, but you got in relationship in a season you were supposed to be focusing in your singleness with the person you would not end up marrying and they crushed something in you and talked about your self-esteem and got you in a place where you could not believe in your own self and now you're sitting here with a death of time. You've lost time. And you've lost vision and you lost hope because you were in a wrong aligned relationship. 
Pastor Mike, why are you going so passionate about this? Because I want you to see and I want you to hear that who you align yourself with is more important than anything that you can do in your life. Because who you align yourself with and let into your heart will begin to guide what you do in your life. What 1 Corinthians 15 says, verse 33, it says, don't be fooled. Don't do it. Bad company corrupts good character. That's why you see these good girls get with bad dudes and bad girls get with good dudes and they turn like they didn't used to do that. Why are they doing that? The word is telling you clearly what happens right here. Look at verse 34. It says, think carefully about what is right. When you're dating somebody, you need to stop and think, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what's right? Does this line, do I line up right with what God is saying in my life? It says, and then it just says, stop sinning. Just stop. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. Why? Because if you're making decisions in a sin state, your flesh will always lie to you. Your flesh will always tell you, no, no, bro, that's good for you, bro. That is really a blessing. Look what God made. Beautifully and wonderfully made. In his image, all of his image, all of her. And, and we're doing all of this other stuff. And God's saying, you can't make a right decision right now because your flesh is ruling. Stop sinning and think about what is right. I just encourage many people in this room, even if it's this, this whole dating thing doesn't apply with you, stop sinning and then pray about it. Stop sinning. Stop. Keep. The, let that door close. Yeah. Repent. Turn. And then let God speak to you about it. Yes. I want to give you this, this, this thing that touched me this week. My wife thinks that Chris Brown was supposed to take Michael Jackson's place as the greatest entertainer of all time. And then he had a fall. And, and it's one of those funny things that he had a moment in his life. We were watching a documentary this week. And... Um, he basically talked about being in a toxic dating relationship. Change, he said this out of his own mouth. He said, it changed the course of my entire life. He said, one night that was bad for me in a dating relationship changed my career, changed how people viewed me, changed how I view myself. He said, I'm dealing with these monsters on the inside. One it's not even his wife and because he was careless with who he got in relationship because God wasn't the middle because it wasn't it changed the course of his life my question is who are you in relationship that's changing the course of your life and if it's not somebody who's pushing you towards purpose it's time to get out of that thing look at this anchor scripture and I want everybody to remember this it's Philippians chapter 2, and this blessed me so much. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Look how awesome this is. At salvation, God, no matter how messed up, jacked up, how many times you've um, fallen, he said, at salvation, inside of you, you get the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who is sent alongside of you to help. And once you get him, he is giving you the desire first. And then I love that God does not just give us a desire and not give us power. He gives us the power to do what he calls us to do. He gives us the desire and the power to do what? What pleases him. 
When it comes to your dating relationships or any relationships, I want you to know when you invite God into the situation, he'll give you the desire to do it right, and then he'll fund it. He'll give you the power to do it right. And what is he trying to do? He's giving you the desire and the power to please him. That's how good our God is. That's how awesome that he is to all of us. Verse 14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Look what you should do in dating. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Your dating relationship should be able to shine. And I want to talk to some of my people who are divorced and older and you got your own stuff and you got your own house or you may be widowed or your husband left or something happened. And, and, and we get in this space where we grown. I've been doing this my own way for a long time. And so now you start talking to somebody and dating them and they have their own house and they have their own house. And so y'all just spend the night at each other's house. I don't care how old are you. Something will rise up. You did not become impenetrable because you were 55. And it goes against God's word because you can't shine that light. Would you tell your son and your daughter to do the same thing? That be in that place and put yourself in the way of temptation. No, you want your relationship to be something that shines. Everybody say shine. shine. You want your relationship to shine. And that's what God wants for every person in this relationship. Pastor Mike, why are you telling us all of this? Why are you saying all these things about dating and myth? Because if you get the right perspective, you'll be able to set proper boundaries. And boundaries are biblical. The reason why people get messed up in relationship is they don't have proper boundaries. I'm going to end you with this scripture right here. Proverbs 4.23. And I want you to understand that boundaries are one of the things that God uses to help us reach purpose. Guard your heart above all. Do y'all see how important it is to put up the fence, get the guard dogs out there, get the barbed wire fence and the gun around your heart? Because if you don't, you will allow wrong things to influence your heart. And if things influence your heart, what does it do? You're, it determines the course of your life. So, so let me help you. If the will of God is that you should just please him, what ends up happening is when we allow people into our heart very easily, we begin to go against the will of God. We begin to go away from what God has said for us. And we have to be ones that say, no, 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 no. I'm going to set my eyes and my heart on the things that please God. I got gates. You can't get in this that easy. And when you recreationally date and you do all that stuff, you set a, per, a, a permission for anybody to walk in and walk out. And then what you end up doing is putting yourself in a position to take your eyes off of pleasing God. And I've done it before, but I put myself in a position that I'll do what he or she wants me to do instead of please God. Dating is so serious for all of you. And I begin to think, God, how can I really help these people understand what practical steps how, how can we move past what we've done in dating and just make it so haphazardly? I talked to him. I talked to them. I talk, God said, I want you to focus on guarding this. If you would get with me and I could get with you, then I'll teach you and show you how to love somebody else. Man, there's so much that I, I have to say on this that I told them in the first service that what we're going to do 
is next week, we're going to create a forum where I'm going to do something called Relationship Goals Uncut. Because there's some stuff that I want to say that I can't say on camera. Because there's a real avenue that we need to talk. L let me just give you one of those things. See, because some of y'all like, well, okay, Pastor Mike, I know the myths. I see what's happening. But how do I pick this person? How do I see characteristics that I'm supposed to find? Let me give you one. I'm excited about this. So let's go to the first relationship in the garden. The first relationship was between Adam and Eve. Okay. Now watch. Before Eve ever came into the picture... Adam was found in the presence of God. God placed him in the presence. This word is a funny Hebrew word. It means a lot of things. It means spot. It means the place where there's an open door. It also means the place where God is. So let me help you. Eden is the spot for the moment where the presence of God is an open door to heaven. That's why Adam did not have to worship to get in the presence of God. He was already in the presence of God. He didn't have to praise and sing and all that other stuff. We have to do that because we were put out of the presence of God. Now watch this. The first man was found. Eve found him in the presence of God. Practical. Don't ever date a man who hates the presence of God. Because if he does not like the presence of God, he will not be able to get proper instructions to be able to lead you. And what some of you interesting females do is try to go to the club and find a man outside of Eden, outside of the presence of God, and then you marry him and then you try to drag him into the presence of God. You go worship. It'll never happen. See, see I want to help you be able to live by knowing that God has a way that we're supposed to do this thing. And he wants us to do it his way. Yeah. I'm hoping that you hear the heart of this. The myths of dating, there's so many of them out there, but the thing that you want to remember is that God's working in you to give you the desire and the power to do in dating what pleases him. And if you just please your heart, I've messed up so many times in relationship, but my heart really was to please God. Man, I messed up. Get back to pleasing God. That's what repenting is. See, I mess up every sermon. I play drums. I mess up every time I, I play drums. But you would never know it because my comeback time is very quick. You'll never know. And that's what God wants for all of our relationship. I messed up. Come back to pleasing God. Oh, I failed again. Come back to pleasing God. You know, I just got to reset real quick. I made a wrong decision, but I reset. Don't fall and stay there. Don't have a bad moment and just stay there. Go and come right back. Because my heart is to please God. Yes, indeed. My goodness. Good one, good one, good one, good one. Yeah, that was very good. Oh man, he has some some haymakers. <laughs> he has haymakers. some haymakers. Man, we was up to, <laughs> we was up to almost thirty people in here. That just yeah. They start getting out of Dodge. Well, you know, I mean, we say it all the time. It's expected. People don't like the truth. Hey. People don't like the truth. And it's, it's, it's hard when you 
people show you you or you hear something that you know pertains to your life it's a hard pill to swallow it's hard for us it's a hard pill to swallow but i like real and i like truth listen he gave us our first explanation of a relationship at an early age yes Love, marriage, and a baby carriage. First come love, then come marriage, then come neither in the baby carriage. I mean, and that's and that's pretty much how we grew up thinking about relationships. Um, uh, we fall in love when the wind blow. We in love, and then automatically thinking about marriage. We didn't got we got the the names made out. We how what we gonna live, what we gonna work, and all this stuff. But haven't gotten the opportunity to know nothing about one another. Yeah. Hello, somebody. That's true. He said, first come love, then come marriage, then the baby, baby carriage. But <laughs> as we think about how how marriages were together for the children, back in the day, uh, you, you got, uh, I can think of a story somebody told me about how um, uh, marriage was put together. The man actually named his wife. Yeah. I don't think they called it. The man named mm -hmm. his wife. Yeah, I remember. And so he watched her grow up and they got married. He watched her as a little baby and they, yeah. Yeah, so there, there was a lot of marriages put together. There's a lot of marriages put together in the Bible. Uh, the first night that they ever got together, they they knew one another mm -hmm. and and then it, it didn't have anything to do with love until after the marriage they had to grow to love one another that's how in the bible days that's 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 how so we didn't have no love marriage baby carriage type of explanation but according to the word of god this they here you go. This is for you. This go. Yeah. This is like you said. Eve was presented. It didn't mean that Adam had to accept Eve, but he he was so eager and happy to have something presented as like we all are. If if it's presented and placed in front of us, we we. Grab it, the for, like we never gonna be like the whistle that ever again. We just grab hold to the first thing that said, "Hey girl, what's your phone number?" Hey, yeah, you can take me out on a date. Yeah, you can spend a night, and yeah, you can do this and that, and that we just fall in love and yeah, yeah. What you got? I like. um Did you have something else about that? No, go talk about what that. We go to the next side to that. Well, I wanted to touch on when he said, um, the psychologist says from birth to age five, this is what blew me away. Yeah. From birth to age five, you learn the most about how you'll live your life. Right. From birth to age five, I said you'll learn the most about how um, you'll live your life. And so that just, that blew me away within itself because I was like, 
from birth to five years old, you know, you don't you don't too much understand anything, but you're learning by what you see. Because he said it's the most cognitive time that you'll learn about how to live your life. That's what I loved about that part. Um, and then as far as the this little song that we used to sing when we were growing up, he said this was the first expression of a relationship progression. That was the first expression of a relationship. That's the way we explained what a relationship looked like to us. It's what we had seen. It was love, then marriage, then the baby. Because that's the order that the world says things should go in. But I love the way he said that when, if you look at it, um, that's not the way you fell in love with God. You didn't fall in love with God until you actually came into covenant part relationship with God. That's when you fell in love with God. Once you created that that intimacy with him and really found out who God was, then we begin to love him. And that's what the Bible says. To know him is to love him. You have to know who he is first. You have to understand him. You got to know all about him. Then you fall in love with him. And that is so true in relationships. He said, you don't just walk up and, and fall in love with folk. So you don't walk up to folk and fall in love. I thought that was good. No, you 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 don't walk up and fall in love with people. Absolutely not. So you have to define the progression of a relationship. Yes. Singleness. Time God reveals who you are. You get identity, intentional dating, engagement, love. I mean, marriage and love. He said, out of our love, we should reproduce. Out of our love, mm -hmm. we should reproduce. This is why I say, um, and I believe it doesn't take 12 years to complete this cycle. It's a cycle that must stay on repeat. Right. Don't take a long time to find out that this is the right one. But it's a continuing cycle. Right. It doesn't never stop. stop. Mm -hmm. We should continue to keep finding out new things about one another. We should continue with the singleness, intentional dating, engagement. Yeah. Yeah, that was good too. Those wonderful moments that, that, that we had in, in marriage that made us fall in love. That should be an ongoing experience. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not something, something that, that takes, takes a long time, time to get to. Right. That makes sense. It makes sense. It, it don't, don't take. It don't, don't take me forever to know that I want to marry somebody. Right. Right. It don't, it don't take me forever to want to know that I want to stay married to somebody. Right. That that's that that that's somebody, and we talked about it on Sunday, that that doesn't have the same frame of mind is not equally yo talking about that sunday no no how can two walk together unless they do agree and if we ain't agree that i like i like you girl what we wasting time for that's right what are we wasting time if you don't like me but i like you we got a problem I like that too when he talked about intentional dating. Intentional. Uh, we say it all the time. Even when we're counseling couples who are getting married, we always say date with intention. Right. I mean, nobody our age, I mean, even 
under for that matter should just date just just to be dating just you should be date dating. with the intention with the intent you should have purpose yeah you should have a purpose behind your dating not just to have sex or have somebody to go to oh, the movies that's with uh, 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 confused passion. That, yeah, that's where I was going. That's where I was headed with that. I love that part. He said, this generation confuses passion with love. Right. He said, but it's also known as that little four-letter word, lust. Lust. Yeah, that's true. And we that's, why, and with that's lust. why we put them on a 90-day uh, don't touch each other. <laughs> yeah. Because if we if we are doing marriage counseling or um, come to us and say that they want to get married, first thing I'm gonna say is is don't have sex for ninety days and and come back after ninety days and see if you still want to get married. Yeah. Ninety five percent of the folks is 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 wanting to get married because it feel good. I like the way you make me feel between the sheets. Oh, 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 oh. I didn't know what you were saying. Right. <laughs> yeah, they done went Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Look, I like when he said married people should be having engagements too. Not in, in entanglement. Yeah, but engagements. <laughs> he said the only time you should be abstaining from sex in a, as a married couple is when you're fasting, fasting. praying, and you both have to agree on it. Yeah, yeah. You just can't call, call it no nine-month fast. Right. And and we ain't in agreement. Right. It say both parties must agree, and I know that that's biblical. Right. Right. That's biblical. I mean, that's something you both have to agree I mean, on. But but, but here, that'd be real. Some of the folks when they say that they fast and they don't abstain from no, everything no they just fast from social media yeah or um, or they, they don't understand well, that they so fast from ever thought well and i've never just put that stipulation on people because i thought they knew that already but i'm sure it's somebody that was watching tonight that didn't know that when you're fasting and you're married you shouldn't be having sex that's a fast. That's right. You're you're, you're sacrificing, sacrificing everything. everything. Yeah, everything. Um, yeah. I like when he was saying that. Not just that. some chocolates. Right. <laughs> I like when he talked about that, um, giving us all these examples of what the myth of dating um, was about. But one of the things that that struck me first is when he said that he. He used Hosea 4 and 6. He said, my people are destroyed or ruined because they don't know what's right and what's true. And we have preached that scripture umpteen million times at our church. And we always say, I know. And we always say people, we know that people kind of, you know, they are destroyed because they don't know um, right from wrong. We think we do, but we don't. But he said, it's time that the church stand up and help people by giving them tools to live by. And that's so true because we want people to live the right way. We want to do things that's pleasing to God. But if you're not given the tools to do it, then, I mean, it's really, it's obsolete. Another thing I was thinking about was there are people, though, on the flip side, you can give tools to and they still don't do the right thing. So... They gonna do. People gonna do what they wanna do when they wanna do it. How, how they, they wanna, wanna do, do it. But then, then when it when, when, when it, it hit the fan, fan yeah. they wanna come back and tell you and say, "Well, what you say again? Can you can you counsel us or can you can you pray for me?" But we we, we give you 
more <laughs> than what, what you need. need. Right yeah. here on the... Uh, it sounded sound like that was a good place to plug. The preacher's corner. Right. I like uh, the first myth was dating is biblical. It's yeah. not. When he said it's not, that just tickled me inside. Yeah. It is man-made ideas. Man-made. Courtship is man-made. He said it was made 200 years ago. He said, but now you can draw context clues from the Bible on what well, God is That's equivalent to coming all married. Right. I mean, the, the world made it. They because made you, it can't okay. move, you can't move out if you've been living with somebody for uh, I mean, you can move out. You, you can't get put out. You got to get a divorce. Yeah. You gotta legally get a divorce yeah, you if you've been living now. together for longer than six months by the the living together standards because you really still ain't married. It's common law. Yeah. Common law. Uh, you have to get a divorce before moving. You just can't pack up your stuff and and say I'm going over my my homeboy house and I'm moving over here and you go over there. Y'all y'all supposed to go to the court because how how will you? Separate this from that right. legally. Right. I bought this. No, you can have this. No, no, no. That ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> the second myth about dating is dating is wrong. Wrong. He said it's not. God is in the middle. I love that. God has to be the center. He gotta be the core of everything you do. That's he right. said God gotta be in the middle, and everything else surrounds it. Not. God surrounding, he's on the outside of everything you got going on in the middle. No. God has to be the center of everything you have going on. I like that. And then it just blew me away when he talked about dating is a sec is like a second interview. That was really good. Cause y'all can you can identify with that better than anything because you've been on an interview before. And a lot of jobs are doing second interviews. You may have a phone interview the first time, they'll follow up with an in-person interview the second time. I've done it plenty of times. And if you're not the right candidate, they won't ask you to come back. But if you fit or you meet some of their criteria, you may be asked to come back for a second interview. And so if you look at that dating as that, like, did they meet all the requirements? Is this somebody I can see myself with? Then they, they can come on back for that second. But God, that's second interview. Me. He said, but remember that a date is an event. The event. It's not a commitment. Hmm. And a lot of ladies think if you date, you go together. No, you just dating. Oh, that's date. there's no you don't have no commitment. You don't have a ring on your finger that, nine times why out of it ten. That's good to do uh, married things on the first date. That's right. Because you think y'all go, go together. together. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's right. He ain't, he ain't he never, never coming back, back for a second interview. Boy, he already got the job. That's right. He got paid. He, he got, got retirement plan and all pension, all that good stuff. One night. Well, look. He ain't never you know what he back. said? He said the jobs know how to pick that person to come back for the second interview. He said because there's no shortages in their company. Hey. And I wrote me a little note. I said there's no shortages in my company. <laughs> No, so I that, that, that's that's, that's like uh, uh, on the flip side. That's like an interview that you don't want to go right. back on. They can call, but yeah, we watching the call ID. Right, know? right. You like I don't even want to consider that job ain't paying enough. Right. <laughs> uh, number three was dating is a destination. 
is that people date for long periods of time and why? Because it's a waste of time. If you are dating, it's a dating is transportation to a relational target. It's transportation to where you want to go. Right. It's not a place where you should be stuck in. It's that it will be uncomfortable because you were never meant to be there that long. In the first place. Yes. So you weren't supposed to be there that long. So if you've been in a relationship dating and you still have no direction on which way y'all are going to go, nine times out of ten, you're going to be in that same place and the same amount of years on down the road. And I'm pretty sure somebody else had put an application in while y'all been waiting yeah, to find out if you're getting hired. Right. There's been a bunch of folk put an application in. And you say, no, I'm saving this job for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. I like when he said recreational dating is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very, he said because dangerous. you get damaged in the long run. And that's true. It says in the process, especially if you have to keep asking where, where are we in this relationship? Or when are we getting married? Or do you even have a, a date? Or, you know, are you gonna ask me to marry you? And every time it's your birthday or it's Valentine's Day or Christmas, you be looking for that engagement ring. If, you, uh, if you've been in a place like that, I mean, it's clear. He said, get off the book. That's what he said. He we said get off the bus. I didn't. I say mean, it. we pretty pretty much said it several times, but we didn't yeah. say it today. He said, "Do not date without purpose, without an aim." You gotta have some goals. Like I said, this is relationship goals. Right. We we have to have something to aim for. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Make it make sense. Right. Make it make sense to me. The fourth um, myth about dating is dating is harmless. That's a lie. It is very harmful when you're dating. Proverbs 14, so he used for Proverbs 14 and 12 in that one. And I like this because it says you can have death to purpose, time, vision, and hope because you got with the wrong person. You can have, you can suffer death to purpose, time, vision, and hope. Because you got with the wrong person. Right. Lord that's, Jesus. That's major. Yeah, he said, who you align your heart with, um, you have to be careful who you align your heart with because they will change what you were supposed to be doing from the beginning. Right. So right. just stop sinning so you can make sound decisions. Ooh-wee. Ooh. Mm, mm. Stop sinning so you can make sound decisions. A lot of times we say that. I've said that even while preaching, and I know people got aggravated with it. But if you think about it like this, as long as you are laying down with somebody, you're going to get up every time with feelings. Yeah. To make sound decisions, you have to stop doing those things that keep getting you, making you feel that way in your heart. When you stop sleeping with somebody, you get to see the real them. You get to see the purpose of that relationship. You get to see whether you're being fulfilled or things are being taken away. And after you back up, then you're able to make a sound decision. Oh, we can't do it while you're in the bed. No. Can't do it while you're in the bed. It's hard to do. He said something about the distractions. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't, you can't make sound decisions. Sin, sinning and being distracted the sin will distract you yeah the sin will distract you from your uh, purpose when you get in an argument 
especially the, the we living we just living together we're just dating we arguing 90 percent of the time you're gonna have sex and make up yeah every and, time and then after you have sex and make up you forget all uh, about, forget that about why y'all was mad in the first place mm -hmm. and then it prolongs the objective that we were really mad about in the first place especially yeah. if it was a conversation about when we get married or or what when we're doing this or when we do sex gonna make you forget it, especially if it's good and it gonna make you he, he gonna give it to you real good so you forget about that ring yeah and you know what <laughs> i'm gonna tell you something from a woman's point of view I don't even I wouldn't I don't want to be appeased by getting a ring because I'm asking about a ring <laughs> if you in a place where you have to ask oh where we stand God. typically that's your answer you got your answer you, you got your answer married. already if you have to ask um, I like when he said who are you in a relationship with that's changing your life Ooh, that's almost as good as this what you got? When he said a man cultivate the woman. Yeah, that's good. I wrote that too. Ooh. Said not the other way around. He yes. said these days men focus on what the women bring to the table. Like their job or uh or taking their care home. of them. They're being taken care of. So so we we see we look at and we see, oh she got a bad job, she got a car, she got this, she got it going on, and then they move on to jump in. They ain't got nothing. They nothing just to jump bring in, to the table. nothing bring to the table. But his his private parts. His his banging headboard uh, <laughs> uh exercise curriculum yeah i mean yeah. that and, and you can get that from anybody anywhere listen we're supposed to have the table already prepared they're just supposed to have a seat that's at right. the table the table's supposed to be set that's what the but, bible but, said but society i mean i think you really just got off course in the 70s that, that was the pimp era and then the 90s where you had the snow the snoop dog and and it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none era and then so it really just messed up the men's mind yeah their mentality their mentality especially all of the fathers being locked up no no real uh role, model. uh role models yeah. to look nobody actually going after god's heart knowing how to be a man and and we bamboozled hoodwink led astray Plymouth Malak done landed on us and all that good stuff but uh slaves ment mentally and not knowing the proper progression for relationship we didn't know how to even be in a relationship because we didn't see any yeah the the you, sometime mama got you got to go to sleep boy because yeah your uncle, uncle coming over yeah. and that ain't your <laughs> uncle that you, you got lying the uncle such and such coming over and, and that, that ain't and then you grew up thinking that's your uncle and that was your mama boyfriend mm -hmm. now so we wouldn't that's not what we saw in growing up and so it it continues the generational curse continues throughout the relationships of our lives yeah 
But somebody got to put a stop to it. Somebody. That's what he said in the beginning. He said somebody ought to stand up. Somebody got to say, hey, this is this is it for for my bloodline, mm -hmm. and, and start teaching the little men how to be little men and the little women how to be little women. That's right. And don't they just compromise just to be in a relationship? Compromise with your with your, your standard. Just because he got two legs or maybe three. Don't mean he, he's her little him, boyfriend worthy. I call him breath and britches. Don't hey, matter that he got breath and britches. I mean, he ain't, ain't got to be a doctor, but he got to be uh -oh. do something. Yeah. Besides. This, I love yeah. this part. I love the biblical side of it because this makes so much sense to me. You know, if you are a woman of God and you're trying to live right, but you get with someone who is not. And right. this just, this is already setting off what your purpose is. I left that part for you. For your life. They log off. But he said, but he said that Eden was a place or a spot. Right. Where the presence of God lived. So if Eden was a place or a spot where the presence of God was... It said Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, right. meaning he was in his presence every day. That's where Eve found him, right? So it said, don't date. It said, he said, don't ever date a man who doesn't like the presence of God because he can't properly lead you. I mean, that's that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure that out. But if you look at it biblically, if you look at your relationship and you see that, oh my God, if you can't get this man to come to church, you can't get him to pray with you when you're having prayer. If you can't get him to go on a fast or watch the word of God, think about it. He said, don't ever date a man who doesn't like the presence of God, especially if that's what you represent. If you live in God's presence. Please tell me how this go together. You're laying out in prayer. You're fasting. You're reading your word. You're attending church service. But then you have a man who does the opposite of everything you love. Please tell me where that makes sense. He said, don't ever date a man who doesn't like the presence of God. He can't properly lead you. And you'll never make him enjoy the presence of God. He said, it'll never happen. Never. He said, but God has a way to do this thing called relationship. But you have to do it God's way. Nine you're, times out of ten. You're to rub them feet and, and get your mind off the presence of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, Lord, I'm I told you I tried to keep my mic over there. Well, and then too, you know, it's, it's, y'all gonna tell you when he started talking about boundaries, this just blew my mind because God been dealing with me about boundaries. And so I read a scripture in Proverbs. It wasn't the one that he used because he used Proverbs for, oh, you know what it may be, may have been. Mm -hmm. 123, I do believe that it's around that. He did Proverbs 31 last, last week too. 
I can't remember if this is the actual chapter, but I read the entire chapter because after I got up from prayer, God gave me Proverbs. He told me to go to this passage in Proverbs. I think it was 16 though, but I read the entire passage after reading the scripture God gave me and it talked about how once he had completed the earth and once he had put the stars in the sky and the sea, when he, when he created the sea, he said he placed boundaries around it so that it wouldn't seep out onto the dry land. Right. So he did it on purpose. God told me I purposely placed a boundary where that water, y'all know that water can rise up sometimes. And it'll leak out because of our natural rain. But God placed it in the ground in such a way that it don't even leak out into our, you know, on the land. But he showed me where boundaries were necessary with everybody. He told me boundaries were necessary with family, my church family, my children, my grandchildren. Boundaries are necessary in every relationship. So I love that. When I saw him say proper boundaries are biblical, because God told me that proper boundaries are biblical. He said, you must guard your heart That's right. because the will of God is to please him. Everything we do, we say this all, we say it in prayer. We say it when we're preaching, everything we do should be to honor God. It should be to the glory and honor of God. Everything, do everything we do, to God. everything. He said, you must create and set boundaries. You can't do what he or she wants you to do. You must do what God tells you right. to do. And remember, bad company, bad company corrupts good character. That's right. You don't believe me? Just watch. Sometimes you when you when you get in a relationship with people and you know they have bad disposition, bad attitude, whatever, before long that person starts acting like them. Because bad company corrupts good character. Before you know it, you'll be doing what they do. They're kinda like um um when Sugar Avery came to town. You remember when Sugar Avery came to town? Yeah. Color purple. And um, uh, he was whooping Celia yeah. the whole time. Yeah. But when Sugar Gabriel came, came the second time with her husband, she said, we sit. Yeah. And they both said. Yeah. But y'all didn't like each other before Sugar came. Right. And now y'all were both jealous. Y'all both jealous. Yeah. We stick. Bad character. Now y'all don't want to call because y'all both. Yeah, y'all both hating on the same. Feeling some type of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling some type of way. I just gave color purple a plug. (laughs) So remember, he said the proper expression of relationship progression is singleness, intentional dating, engagement, marriage, love, children, and then repeat. Repeat it. Repeat it. He said, what have you done to enhance your marriage since you've been married? Since you've been Have married. you took any courses? Have you took a finance course? To, have you invested? Like, what have you done? Like, getting married is not all. There's some, you got to push to go somewhere else. Right. I think this has been so good. Is this, is this the last one for this one? Yeah, that's why I let it roll out. 
Yeah. This was so good. This whole segment on uh, relationship goals has been... It gets better. We're finna get into some juicy stuff. Oh, I know. Get into some I hope y'all ready. Juicy. This is not for the fainting heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after we finish this, we already have planned a um, couples retreat, uh, specific location. Yeah. Uh, we've also created a, a relationships goal private group and uh, certain, certain things that we ain't gonna say just like he said we ain't gonna say on camera or on the podcast we might yeah so yeah we'll talk you, about it if you are a part of that group that private group or want to be uh, a part of that group your partner or significant other has to be a part of it as well we ain't just doing one-sided we ain't just talking to the husband and just talking to the wife we talking to the union yes we our goal is to is to enhance and put the spark back into relationship not just um, at our church but in the body of Christ I believe right. healthy relationships will, will do the body of Christ good that's right not, not only for this generation for the generation behind us they need role models and we need to be the ones to be yeah the couples the couples it's gonna take the man and the woman of God to get the body of Christ back on track. I, I want us to be the church that he talked about that will stand up and give people tools to live. That's right. And it's it's biblical. The things that we're sharing, we're not just, you know, we're giving our opinion, but I'm gonna teach you something. Yeah. I mean we want it to be right. I heard I heard the man of God say something um um I think it was Saturday at the at the funeral. I watched it on, on that page. She said they was at a conference and the teacher got up and she said she's a real great teacher. And the teacher got up and she said, I came to teach. And the class said, Well, we came to learn. That's right. So so it makes sense. If I came to teach or I came to preach, the people on the outside that's watching should have come to receive. Hello, somebody. That's right. Yes. Take some notes. So if I'm coming to teach, in order to learn something, you gotta write something down. That's right. My daddy, you say, where your books and your notebook paper? At? Right. I know that that teacher said something that you were supposed to write down. Right. And ain't no way we supposed to. If I could sit here and write two pages of notes to say what I'm gonna say after the preach word. I can yeah. go on my notes. I got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> now this is from the whole segment. Okay, okay. But I had two tonight. Yeah. So that I'll tell you something. We we believe that we can watch it and we can remember it and no man, you got to journal it. And I'm a I'ma tell you why, because I'm, we're not just listening to something to give to somebody else or to tell somebody else. Y'all, we need help too. Yeah. And so I think this has been amazing. Phenomenal. 
Yes, it's been no, amazing. I heard, and I want to be like, I want to be like, um, and um, um, and dimples. Yeah. That when they said that they've been married for forty-two years. Yep. It's coming January. Not, not together. But married, married yeah. for only two years. That's, that's a blessing. That's a major blessing. That's a, that's a blessing. That's that's a milestone. Yes. And that they'll be celebrating forty-two years on January fifth. I believe so. January fifth. Yeah. So hey, I be I be listening. I wish maybe we could try to get something together to get them here for the retreat. I don't know. We'll work on some stuff for the yeah, retreat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be a couple of nights, and so um, I'm gonna get that information together and get the booking information, how much the rooms will be. But we're gonna have Everybody a good time. Go email jtm at thepreacherscorner.net. I believe that's what it is. Jtm at thepreacherscorner.net that's the email address um if that's you want to be a part of the retreat or the group the relationship group or the group or the group yeah 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 i believe there's some questions if we just invite you be added in but when you see the group it's three questions you ask and then she gonna decide if you get in the group or not. I I sent a, a couple of invites on accident, so I deleted them. Cause I want people to come in who want to be a part of the group. Yeah, I'm not pressing nobody to be in marriages or to date the correct way or none of that. I want people to come in that want to be married, right, that right. want to we, stay we, with their spouse. We're gonna make you watch the video. No, uh, if you want to watch it, you want if you want it, then then, then you'll be on there. Um, yeah. If not, man, hey. Yeah. There's some people in how you say that that city Islamabad, Pakistan. that wanted man. Sapporo, Japan. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's why I let her say all that stuff. I can't say none of that. Sasco, Brazil. <laughs> it's some people that want it. Okay. People that want it, man. Way over there, mm -hmm. like um uh, uh Leo. You said way over yonder. Way over yonder. Yeah. Yeah. After a while. That's right. That's right. Final. Final thoughts, lady. Um, I hope that you guys have been blessed by this segment. Uh, part two of this segment, first day, will start on Friday. We like Friday. Nope. We got a Christmas party. Oh, that's right. Goodness. We ain't gonna be back till next, next week. Monday. We'll be back next week. So that second half starts Monday. Monday. What's second, second half? Uh, the next segment. No, that's a, that's the whole one on that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. we're going on to, to the, the next. next. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. Hod okay. Christmas party. It's just Friday. Yeah. Y'all. And uh, toy drive is Saturday. Saturday. We got a busy week. Busy, yes. busy, busy week. Busy week. Busy week. That's the final word. That's it. Final word. Press out of here, then. 
Well, we just thank you, God, for another episode uh, 70 of the Preacher's Corner. God, we ask that every married couple, God, every person that is dating, single, engaged, God, that they have been blessed by this segment. God, and as we move further, Lord, we ask that you give us the tools, the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge, God, to be able to teach and to understand what it is that you have for our relationships. We give you glory. We give you honor for each person that was represented today. God, we ask for peace in their households, God, and whatever they stand in need of in their relationships, God, we ask for strength and peace and understanding and love god we ask for restoration in every household even now god in the name of jesus we pray amen 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 Amen. you know we forgot to look at the comments man go back and catch a couple of them coming let's see um evangelist adrian said y'all helped me on everything Sister so Brittany say this segment has been amazing. It really has. Um, Brother Waylon said, "Well, we came to learn. You came to learn." <laughs> um, let's see. He said, "Brother Waylon said it's definitely. It definitely was phenomenal." to really say lol breath and bridges you know it no i say breath and bridges or biceps and triceps we don't just want anything yeah a lot of this it it make you think this is you know this this segment wasn't for the faint at heart and and people that wear their feelings on their sleeve that's for sure amen amen Uh, brother wayland said you don't go to work without a purpose the purpose is that chick that's right Brother Bo said, hello, JT Ministries. <laughs> hey, Brother Bo. Um, um, Evangelist Adrian said, I think this was the best one. Yes. Praise the Lord. I think it was because he brought it in. Yeah. I believe it's getting, it's getting Get better, better each better. week. Yep. And it's going to get better. Trust me. Evening. Yo. Man. It's been a crazy. We done went from hot to 30 to 20 degrees and seeing snow to, to putting shorts back on in, in less than three days. Man, that is My body's cr- feeling it too. crazy. That is crazy. Again, shout out to my Chi-Town family. Gary Diana, we appreciate your hospitality. I got some words for you. I'm going to give them to you real good so you better not forget it. Watch out. Because it may hit you. Don't make no excuses. Make it happen right now. Start now. Get perfect later. Maybe tomorrow, next week, something like that. But whatever you do, start it right now. Stop all that little stuff. Dream big, man. If you say you want a Lexus, go on here. Get the Lexus, man. Use kind of words, man. Don't be mumbling no mumbo jumbo. Say I love you. Say please and thank you. Be grateful. 
Then nobody had to do nothing for you. Nothing for you. Help others. Lady Baby, help me out with this one. Don't whine. Don't whine. Be silly. Keep calm. And carry on. We out of here. Salute. Salute. Appreciate y'all for joining us. And enjoy the new outro. This is an in-house production.